This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Four lessons from the Twitter files, a live reading from Twitter files five, and Sam Bankman-Fried was just arrested. This is a propaganda report. I'm Brad Binkley. Joining me today is host of the Mad Ones podcast, Cam Harless. Cam, how you doing? It's been a little over, it's been about a week or so since we yeah. last spoke, at least live on air spoke. So how's everything going? It may have been two weeks. I've been, this has been I've two been weeks. Working. I've been working, dude. I am. How do you get a new I, job? Yeah. yeah, I think I think today was my eighth, 18th day working in a row. So, wow. Uh, I could use a nap. I hear you. Well, right after this, you can take a well, I don't know if you can take a nap. I don't know. I know you have five children, so maybe you can't take a nap, but I think you can take a nap after this. Let's go ahead and dive into the show. What I'm going to do, I just just a little tease to tomorrow, either tomorrow or Wednesday, I'm going to talk about something that hasn't gotten a lot of attention in the news until recently, and it's those murders at the University of Idaho. These four college students were killed in their apartment in the University of Idaho. I, I have been following that story closely since it happened. It, it is a true crime, just the perfect picture of, of true crime, and really a, a pretty awful story, but they have not caught the person. But there are some broad-ranging implications to how this investigation is being carried out that I want to talk about. And so I'm going to do that Tuesday or Wednesday if you're interested in that story or if you've been following. And what I want to start with today is that Sam Bankman-Fried, this just broke a few minutes, well, maybe like an hour ago. He has been arrested. And Sam Bankman-Fried is that weird guy who was the head of STF or uh, FTX when it collapsed. And a lot of people were wondering how he was just walking around and what was going on, why he shouldn't be arrested. There's a lot of possibilities that maybe there was some uh, a money laundering operation going on with, with Ukraine and the Democrat Party. I, I'm not going to get into the details of all that because I don't have them offhand and I'm not well versed in them. But I will read to you what the, the press release says that just came out and then tell you why I wanted to at least mention the story briefly. This is says a statement from the Attorney General of the Bahamas, Senator Ryan Pender, KC, on the arrest of Sam Bankman-Fried. On December 12, 2022, the Office of the Attorney General of the Bahamas is announcing the arrest by the Royal Bahama Police Force, it's an interesting name, of Sam Bankman-Fried, SBF, former CEO of FTX. 
SBF's arrest followed receipt of formal notification from the United States that it has filed criminal charges against SBF and is likely to request his extradition. As a result of the notification received and the material provided therewith, it was deemed appropriate for the Attorney General to seek SBF's arrest and hold him in custody pursuant to our nation's extradition act. At such time as a formal request of ex- for extradition is made, the Bahamas intends to process it promptly pursuant to Bahamian law and its treaty obligations with the United States. Responding to SBF's arrest, Prime Minister Davis stated that the Bahamas and the United States have a shared interest in holding accountable all individuals associated with the FTX with FTX who may have betrayed the public trust and broken the law. While the United States is pursuing criminal charges against SBF individually, the Bahamas will continue its own regulatory and criminal investigation into the collapse of FTX with the continued cooperation of its law enforcement and regulatory partners in the United States and elsewhere. So, I, I don't know. They're, they haven't said exactly what the charges are from what uh, I can I tell. Just, I just found uh, breaking news uh, that he will be charged with wire fraud, wire fraud conspiracy, securities fraud, securities fraud conspiracy, and money laundering. Money laundering. Now, that is, it. That is certainly interesting right there because that was what a lot of people – what seemed pretty obvious that the money – from STF or, or money was going from the weapons deals to Ukraine being put into FTX and FTX was using that money and donating it to the Democrat Party, I believe, are the charges. And I don't know if that's specifically what these are going to be. And I don't know what's going to come of this. I know a lot of people were wondering why he could just continue walking around. Maybe they'll get some solace that he is going to possibly go to prison and maybe have some more of that weird polyamorous sex he was having before. I oh. think that, I think the people in prison are polyamorous. I, I, I don't know, but people probably aren't going to get their money back, unfortunately. So we'll see uh, what happens yeah. with that. I do want to say one funny, well, it's funny to me. So it's, it's maybe it's funny. Um, <laughs> before it came out that he was going to be charged with wire fraud. Um, he literally had i want to i don't know if it was signal or whatsapp or what i believe it was a, it was a uh encrypted uh messaging service with him and some of the other people at uh stx is that s is that what it is ftx ftx uh his them making it sbf threw me off ftx yeah, me yeah. uh, several people in a group chat called wire fraud so the name of the group chat was wire fraud yeah yeah. So, I mean, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Sir Tim of Tunnel says they hang an SBF out to dry, perhaps, because there's a lot of other people that may or may not have been involved in that. His parents have deep government ties. Just a weird character, just a whole a bunch of weirdos, I think, from California that, that do, did weird stuff with a bunch of people's money and really took away. Uh, a lot of people put their entire savings into that, and I'm sure that they will at least... Uh, find some solace in that. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But what was interesting to me about the story is what's being said, it's being said on Twitter. And I looked at the timestamps and I looked at the timestamps of the stories that I could find. And it seems to be true. This story apparently first broke on Twitter. And this is what Elon Musk, one of the things Elon Musk has been saying he wants Twitter to become. It, this fast moving, open sourced, open source, trusted place to find breaking news even before the mainstream media and that is part of what i want to talk about today before we do a at least partially live reading of the 
Twitter five files that dropped today is talk about this idea of rebuilding trust and trying to turn Twitter into this top news place. Uh, rebuilding trust. Yeah, it's all that it's all that Davos initiative of rebuilding trust. <laughs> and CNN's part of that, following orders. And even though I like what's going on on Twitter in a lot of ways, I believe this is part of that as well. Trying to so CNN might be trying to wrangle people in, maybe that are lean more left. Maybe Twitter's trying to wrangle people in that are middle of the road uh, on the right. We'll see. Let's start with just a quick summary before we go into what this live reading is going to be of what we've learned so far in these these Twitter files, which I don't even do yesterday's because they just keep they're they're coming at us so fast and. So uh, if if it was open source, they would uh, Elon wouldn't have just given it to four or five independent journalists on Substack. He would have right. released the files like um, Julian Assange did, and we would be able to parse through them ourselves. That would be right. open source. So bull s on that being open source, Elon. Right. Well, the open source aspect, it's just news in general. So instead of going to CNN, you, you go to Twitter. And a lot of people, I go to Twitter to see what, what people are I mean, talking yeah. about to find news. I don't just trust it blindly, but it does. You can find a lot of stuff uh, quicker and a lot of stuff different, at least now anyway. But what we've kind of learned so far is, is that we learned that everything we suspected was true and that accounts get shadow banned, that I can't pronounce any name of former Twitter employees, that these former employees, they're politically biased, and that questioning the narrative, it gets you subjected to being shadow banned, uh, among other things, and that these these employees had blacklists that they would put people on, and they, that accounts like Trump, they bent over backwards to try and suspend Trump. Accounts like Libs of TikTok, they also bent over backwards to try and get them removed. Libs of TikTok, in one of the, one of the posts said they didn't even violate a policy. They just indirectly violated a policy. So they were really stretching their bounds and being able to arbitrarily decide who stays on and who is gone based on what they thought was wrong speak. And we also learned that basically many employees from, or many employees at old Twitter, some of them are out now, maybe others are still there, were former Intel op operators. They, they worked at the CIA, the NSA, the FBI. And we also learned that this guy, this Yoel guy, this very flamboyant guy, he, he really was meeting... Really likes his, his, his man porn. Really, uh, that's what I found out today. Nobody likes his man porn. He, he really likes man porn. Oh, gosh. Was he oh, talk like, a lot about man porn? Yeah, like I found a whole... like I the, the, the stuff that gets leaked on the sides when you're reading through this stuff is like... So, uh, this was directly tied to the changes in child safety on Twitter, by the way, which is a whole, a whole different topic. But yeah, uh, there's yeah, Musk did a, a Twitter Spaces where he talked about. It. There's so much with all this, and you know, a, a lot of it is in part to keep us engaged. Which I'll talk more about that in, in a second. But yeah, a lot of these guys were former intel officers, and also they were meeting with the FBI, the NSA, on a weekly basis because they were warning Twitter employees about conspiracies that were coming, a lot like we heard with the with Facebook and Zuckerberg being warned about the Hunter Biden you know, hack uh, incoming, so beware of this disinformation. It, just everything that we've known is true. And if you have half a brain, or if you've listened to this show or, or other shows, then you know that as I mentioned, FBI, the, I keep saying FBI, which I might as well be the same thing, but Facebook also had the FBI come in and 
tell it about, you know, be careful, here comes this disinformation. And I played a clip not long ago of a woman who was a former CIA agent who her next job was to be like a content moderate, moderating manager at Facebook. And she's just talking about the content that they wouldn't allow on there, which is very sounded very similar to what we're seeing in these Twitter files. It, basically, a lesson from the Twitter files for me is that Twitter is... It's Mockingbird social media, like Twitter version of Mockingbird. You know the Twitter edition. You know they always have the the game, the board games of what, Trivial Pursuit, and they have the different editions of it. Or Monopoly, they have the, the the whatever movie edition. This is Twitter edition of Mockingbird. We also have Facebook edition. We have just social media broadly edition of Mockingbird. It happens on every single platform, I think we should assume that. And it happens on every single mainstream network. We should just assume, because we what they used to do with Mockingbird is they used to have the CIA office or operator, he would secretly get a job at one of these, these networks, and they would covertly influence and manipulate people. What we have now is just five or six in former, former intel agencies, air quotes, doing panel discussions on a daily basis. At every single major network, it'll be one broadcaster, and half the time, even the broadcaster, like in the case of Anderson Cooper, has CIA past. You know, he was a, an intern at the CIA. Apparently, you know, they have James Clapper, they have James Comey, they have Brennan, they have Phil Mudd, they have the guy who used to lead the NSA who had a stroke, who has aphasia now. I can't remember the guy's name, but he he can't even speak well. Like you can't understand what he's saying. His words go backwards. They still bring him out, and they just. Do the context for you to say so-and-so is going to come out and tell you why Trump is evil, MAGA is bad, and they're all domestic terrorists. And then they just like they roll him out in a chair and they say, do you agree? And he says, yes. And they just roll him back out because he's the former NSA head expert. And all of the media that we consume. So I guess the broader lesson here is that all of the channels of communication, the most prominent ones that shape our reality, outside of what we can touch and verify and feel ourselves, are infiltrated and largely, at least there's an attempt to, largely determined by intel agencies in this country who want to shape the narrative and how we perceive reality to be. And does that mean that everything we hear is false or untrue? It doesn't mean that. It just means, and this goes back to the trust thing that I was uh, mentioning a moment ago, it just means that they want our trust so badly from this initiative from Davos. They want us to just trust them and then switch off the critical thinking brain. Because we are the trusted source, the authoritative source, you no longer have to think. We do the thinking for you. All we have to do is to never do that. Regardless of how much what Twitter says or does, how much we agree with it, how much it makes us feel good, regardless of whatever website is our favorite website, how much we agree with what they say, how much it confirms what we feel and validates us, we should maintain that level of scrutiny. And yes, we should consider the sources, but we should know that even the sources that we trust the most that they are the ones that are most likely to manipulate us. And therefore, we should maintain that level of scrutiny, of critical thought, and questioning regardless of how great a freaking website or source of information makes us feel because that is what they are trying very hard to push us to not do. And that, that is my first takeaway. Cam, I'll let you respond. I gave you a mouthful there. No, no you're, you, uh, Sir Tim the Tunnels just said, did y'all talk about Fauci's daughter working at Twitter from 2014? I said, no, <laughs> no, I, looked, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Fauci's daughter worked at Twitter during the pandemic. Um, and also John Podesta's Wait, during niece, the pandemic or during 2014 between from 2014 until I guess recently. 
but yeah, through the no pandemic, throughout yeah. the, the pandemic. Um, and then uh, John Podesta's niece was one of the ones that just quit Twitter um, just recently. And she was one of the three big heads of the trust and safety division of Twitter. <laughs> and, and what's his name? Jim John Baker? Podesta. John, are you talking about John Podesta, the former yeah, John Podesta's niece of, of uh, Pizzagate, I believe. Yeah, they, Pizzagate. Yeah. But I mean, and, yeah. and then you look at look at the Jim Baker being around and being the lawyer uh, in this Twitter situation. He's the FBI's top lawyer. Right. So, yeah, it's this idea of controlling these channels of communication. Bernays, all the old propagandists used to talk about this. Like these old guys, if you read their books from back in the 20s, even before that, it, up through up through the 50s and uh, up until the 80s before Internet emerged, this was their dream. I remember Bernays wrote something like, it's like with the rise of radio and film, it's like you can whisper into somebody's ear in a room, yet you're speaking to the entire world. And that was when film and radio were emerging. Think about now where it's like our brains are connected to these devices. I played. I need to find this clip and bring it back, but I had a clip from a psychological warfare panel where they had people who were psychological war information warfare officers, they call them now, where they talked about how the fact that three-year-olds have phones stuck to their faces all the time and are looking at YouTube all the time is great for them because that is a point of contact. It's a channel of communication where they can, usually without much interference from the parents, speak directly to the mind, unfiltered, of those children. And that's how they think. And, and with all these social media platforms, th this, is, this is how they think. So they're definitely going to try and infiltrate them with the intelligence officers. There's no doubt about that. Either foreign officers or our own propagandist intel officers are going to get there so that's why it's up to us to resist this idea that we can just flip a switch and turn it off because we trust a source so much because hillary clinton is not going to lie and and get away with it to people who love donald trump because they already don't believe hillary clinton however the person who is going to best lie to people who love donald trump is Donald Trump. And I'm not saying that Donald, Donald Trump is involved or not involved. I, I think they're all, whether willingly, willingly or unwillingly, they're used as a mouthpiece. But it is the ones who we trust the most who are most likely to manipulate us. What does it say? The ones you love the most are most likely to hurt you? Is that a, is that a saying? I feel like it should be. It should be. I think um, it is. I think it is. So in, in, in the, uh, well, not to derail it, I just, I think this point, You've, you've made a really great point. And the stuff you've laid out in my head is connecting here. So uh, in that thread where uh, Elon talked about how uh, there was a lot of child porn and child exploitation on Twitter for years and uh, they didn't take care of it. And Jack came in. Jack, um, why can't I remember his last name now? Jack, Twitter Jack. The guy who created yeah, Twitter. I know. I don't know his last name either. Um, he, he came in and said that it wasn't true. And so Elon said, no, uh, no, he said, this is false. He says, no, it is not. When Ella Irwin, who now runs Trust and Safety, joined Twitter earlier this year, almost no one was working on child safety. Uh, she raised this, read this with Ned and Parag, and they rejected her staffing request. I made it t top priority immediately. And so I'm like, okay, well, let me see what this, who this woman is. And I click over to Emma Irwin's page. The first descriptor that she uses in her bio is trust advocate. Trust advocate. Yeah, Elon's right. Elon's bot. I mean, what is a better way to get people, especially people who pull, who went full in on the Q thing, to trust you than by leading 
making it very apparent that you're getting rid of child pornography on Twitter. Like this is, and you're, you, you have those keywords at the top. Elon, right. you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're I, bought. <laughs> there, there's a lot that he's doing that I, I like that's going on. But again, that doesn't mean that my level of scrutiny is going to change. It's, no, no, it's it going to stay the it same. It it's, and when he tweeted yesterday, my pronouns are prosecute Fauci. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's kind of like, yeah, but I'm kind of like, wait a minute. That's weird coming from you. That's that. So some of these people, they, they need the, the spokesperson, the propagandist for certain groups of people to sound and, and just, they, they need, they need us to identify with them and feel like they get us. And sometimes they go way too overboard with it. And it's like, you, you're clearly just reading like some research where they said, say this, say that, and say this. And I feel like that was the tweet, even though I, I liked it and a lot of people liked it, but it just seemed like out of character for somebody like Musk to tweet. Although he says he's going to release the files on Fauci because they're keeping us on the hook and keeping us engaged. And I'm sure I'll read the files on Fauci and I'm sure that I'll probably like them, but what is going to come of it? And that moves us on to the, the next couple of lessons. Well, the next one really is reading through all of this, these Twitter files is I, I've yet to see anything that is, and I, and again, we're going to read the ones that were released today. I haven't read them yet. I haven't looked at them at all. So I don't know what's in them. I haven't seen anything that is going to be a clear violation of uh, a criminal statute. Now, Maybe a case could be made for a violation of 18 U.S. Code 595, which is interference by administration, employees of federal, state, or, tri or territorial governments, and interference in elections, which is, is one of the aspects of that. But I, I'm not sharp enough in the prongs of that, of that law right now to know if there could be a legitimate argument made. I, I, I don't think that there is, because reading through the files we've seen, it seems like Yes, these are politically biased people, but they did enough deliberating to make it look like they they didn't have an intent to do bad. Like they like they look like they were manipulated by other people, which obviously was the FBI and other agencies that were working there. I mean, clearly they were trying to interfere in, in elections. I don't know that there's going to be enough evidentiary uh, there to rise to those standards, but we shall see. And the third lesson was we've already talked about it's the winning back trust. It's the whole idea that they're trying to win back trust and they want us to shut off those critical thinking. And we should never do it. We should never. We can love the website, but we should always maintain that level of scrutiny, in my opinion. And the fourth one is that, in my opinion, Musk is a lot of what he's doing right now is he is showing these advertisers. And I've said this over and over again, that people are kind of come to Twitter now. That people are, are engaged in Twitter. People on the edge. The other day, he said, Twitter files number three, and he tweeted two little popcorn emojis next to it. Because you eat your popcorn like you're watching. Everything in the media right now, we saw it with the January 6th. It's all about acting like circuses. it's a television show. Do what? Bread and circuses. Yeah, totally. Exactly. That's a, that's a great way to put it. And that's exactly what this is, just in a bit of a different form than the January 6th hearings. And it is entertaining and it is fun. They've kind of gamified Twitter to where we get in, we wait for it, we engage, we play around with it, we retweet it, and we comment. And he's doing a fantastic job of that. I, I, he's already brought back Apple. Amazon's already pledged to do more. And I'm sure any advertiser who does not buy into this is stupid, honestly, because I think Twitter is a lot better than it was. And by appealing to people who lean more center right, he's appealing to people who are probably spend money more 
for products that they like. If I had, if I had to guess, I, I might be wrong on that, but I think that there's research that, you know, you're better appealing to, to people who, and if it's products people like, like if somebody advertised a product to me, that's like perfect for me, then that's great. I mean, if I just thought about it in my head, then a, an advertisement shows up, that's a little creepy, but you know, some advertisements are good. Also though, the Twitter verification thing, the new verification, I think it started today, which I think that basically means you have to pay the either $8 or $11 if you're on an Apple device to get the get the verification or basically your tweets are going to go into obscurity. So I get why he's doing it. I don't like it, but I get why he's doing it. Uh, one, I just, so I'm, I'm just like, of course, like looking into different things. I was going to, I was trying to pull up the fifth Twitter files deal and up the, this, this tweet came back oh, up. I got him pulled up. Yeah. Uh, well, I just wanted to pull him up as well, but the, the tweet came up from Elon. He was responding to um, someone and he said, quote, the more I learn, the worse it gets. The world should know the truth of what has been happening at Twitter. Transparency will earn the trust of the people. Yep. Yes, that's the idea. Well, I'm just saying if he wants the, it's not transparent if you just give it to four people and let them dole out the, the the official story and a lot of the names are blacked out in the yeah the files. let it out you want transparency let it out yeah I, and, and there's never going to be full transparency i don't know that full transparency actually exists right well all i'm saying is transparency is not what's happening here no right yeah i i completely agree and again i i like a lot of what is happening i just don't all the way trust all of what's happening but that doesn't mean i can't enjoy some of it i i, I don't I, I, it's the whole idea of don't hate the player, hate the game. You, you know, it, it's uh, um, it's up to us to to not fall into the game. That way, we can gain the benefits from these releases of information. You know, it's a, a limited hangout. You can know it's a limited hangout, but you can still gain value from it by understanding that and not falling into the trap of it. And all right, so here, can you see that on screen? Is that readable at all to you? Yes, it looks good. Right, let's just go through these. We'll get through as many as we can. So, I was doing them uh, the other day, Saturday, and I thought there was only going to be like 30, like there was in the second batch. And yeah. th then I just started doing it. I didn't even look at it until I got through it. And turns out there was like 67. And I was like, oh my, I, I got way in over my head in the amount. There's only 47, I believe, today. So it's uh, cutting it down the middle. <laughs> I'll start, and we'll just react to them. You guys can react react in the chats. From Barry Weiss again, I looked at her website on the last show. I can't remember the name of her new website, but this is also a promotional tool for her. She's a Substack person, like you said, Cam, but she's also got her own new website that is being promoted. I can't remember the name of it offhand, but I'm pretty sure she promotes it in one of these tweets. She says, this is number one. On the morning of January 8th, President Donald Trump, with one remaining strike before being at risk of permanent sus per permanent suspension from Twitter, tweets twice. All right. So how did I already lose? This is what he needs to fix. <laughs> Show this to I, I, I was complaining about the, the the Twitter threads are hard to follow. Uh, yeah, go, go, go back up. Yeah. Uh, and hit the... Um, keep going. I'm, I'm just going to go... Set up before the show, and then somehow I must have clicked on something, and it got all weird. I'm gonna go back. There we go. Nope, that's not at all. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so, the, like the numbers were out of order the other day. What is her name? Barry Weiss. 
Very vice. Yeah, they should make this this these Twitter chains not go everywhere. Once right. you click anything by by accident, so there's the end of it. Okay. Four three three. All right. All right. Hold on. <coughs> okay. Here's number two. Six forty six a.m. The seventy five million great American patriots who voted for me. America first and make America great again will have a giant voice long into the future. They will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape or form. And that's that's the tweet that Trump made. One tweet that he made on that day. Number three. 744 a.m. Trump's other tweet to all those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration inauguration on January 20th. Number four. For uh, for years, Twitter had resisted calls, both internal and external, to ban Trump on the grounds that blocking a world leader from the platform or removing their controversial tweets would hide important information that people should be able to see and debate. And that would be a good policy. Number five, in quotes. And again, this is our first time reading these. Neither Cam or I, we have not read any of this, so we're hearing it fresh. Our mission is to provide a forum that enables people to be informed and engage uh, their leaders directly. The company wrote in 2019, Twitter's aim was to protect the public's right to hear from their leaders and to hold them accountable. Wow, what a statement from Twitter. Number six, but after January 6th, as Matt Taibbi and Shellen Berger, MD, have documented, pressure grew both inside and outside of Twitter to ban Trump. And these are these pressure groups. So you had, it's called Sleeping Giants was one of them, and Grab Your Wallet was another one. I, I, I did a couple shows where I talked about these. These were groups that made blacklists themselves of people who they were going to send these digital hit squads after. So they, they mobilized people digitally, like through indivisible groups, stuff like that, and they would give them these lists in these Slack groups and say, these are who we're targeting, and the only way we will, we, our goal is to do this, which is usually to get them to lose their job or to lose their advertisers. And the only way we will stand down is if they do this. And then the demand was always something completely insane and ridiculous. And that was probably what some of these groups were that were pressuring them. Number seven, I'll expand that a little bit. There, there were dissenters inside of Twitter. Quote, maybe because I am from China, one employee said. On January 7th, I deeply understand how censorship can destroy the public conversation. And then there's an image included, and the image has that tweet, and then it says, I under, then the response is, I understand this fear. All the names are blacked out here, they're, they're redded out. But I also think it's important to understand that censorship by a government is very different than censorship of the government. The First Amendment in the United States and similar legislation in other countries with similar concepts exist specifically to prevent the government from silencing people. And then the, the next response says, I respect that, but realistically, we can impose far stricter rules on effectively everyone else on the platform. And the final response, in the image, this is their internal Slack messages. The final message says, hold on one second here. We started labeling, restricting his tweets when they became a threat to democracy. Give me a break. And seemed like that was our red line. Yesterday, he clearly attempted to overthrow our democratic system of government and showed no signs of remorse. If this is not a clear reason to suspend him, again, as an unhinged ruler attempting to subvert the most powerful democracy in the world, 
I'm not sure what would be. Shrug. They had to throw their shrug in there to make that one even more painful than it already was. Cam, stop me anytime you want to jump in to react or comment. No, I just want to make sure that, like, what I, I did. I got. I think this is the page that I I read up to because I I got about here before I had to keep working earlier today. Um, but no, I, I do want to make sure it's clear that those th- bottom three comments that were were left were in response to the first one, not to each other after that first response. Right. Uh, because I, I was like, I respect that, and I was like, wait a second, who are you talking to? <laughs> so just to be clear, they're all responding to the person who's like, hey, hey, this might not be a good idea. Right, this is a woman from China. She said, I think it's a woman, said, I'm from China. I have to assume it's a woman. <laughs> because, you know, it comes from a place where the communication is very much controlled. Nobody even really, n- nobody even really cared about that in their responses to it. Number eight. But voices like that one appear to have been a distant, my, a distinct minority within the company. Across Slack channels, many Twitter employees were upset that Trump had been that Trump hadn't been banned earlier. Of course, they just—it's like it's like Twitter only hired from indivisible groups or activist groups. It feels like with the way these people talk in these things. Well, they just hired people they found in San Francisco. That also <laughs> could, could be a possibility. Yeah, number nine. After January 6th, Twitter employees organized to demand their employer ban Trump. Oh, they organized. You get, yeah. They, quote, There's a, there is a lot of employee advocacy happening. Oh, my gosh. Said one Twitter employee. Well, that, that's exactly what it seemed like. And then it, she attaches an, uh, the Slack messaging. And the message say this, starting from the top. And they're all, all the names are blocked out. I'm still struggling to understand the decision not to ban Trump altogether, given he is inciting people to violence that that has led to people being killed. And I think we owe people an explanation externally. So this person is obviously infected with some propaganda. What what people being killed are they speaking of? I wonder. Well, they they I don't know if you can see it, uh, but there's a screenshot that they shared of a trending topic in California of delete his account oh yeah i do see so that. i i will point out to you i didn't see that it was trending in california the first time i uh when i saw it initially because i saw it and i was like let me look closer um yeah that's like polling the the insane asylum to to see exactly what they think before making decisions california doesn't count that's not the voice of the people <laughs> not to mention they control what trends yeah right <laughs> And then the response in that Slack, internal Slack message on this image says, this is the elephant in the room. And then it says, the next response says, it feels like Twitter policy is engaged with someone acting in bad faith and we won't acknowledge it. Do we have any belief that Trump will stop tweeting incitements to violence? What incitement to violence are they referring to? I, I, I wish they would. I guess it was those two tweets that she pointed out earlier. And then the next one is about Alex Jones. If Alex Jones was shut down for get your battle rifles, he's far exceeded that standard. Is that what Alex Jones was kicked off Twitter for? I don't recall. I don't. I, I thought it was I don't Sandy Hook related, but I, I don't remember. Get could be your wrong. Could be wrong on that. battle rifle. I'm going to find out for you. Keep and then going. the next one, while you look that up, says, I think a lot of employees must share these concerns. Is there any sort of channel or group where we can organize 
more action. These people are all internal activists. These are entrepreneurs. The World Economic Forum talked about this. And one of the Rockfin videos we did maybe a year and a half or so ago, they talked about the, I believe it was, it was either the CFR or the, no, it was the World Economic Forum video. It might have been Davos, not this year, but the previous year, where they said, we need more entrepreneurs. And the way they described it was people who get a job at a place, either specifically to go stir unrest and, and organize against the employers or the, yeah, and, um, or people who already work there who can then organize the employees. So just basically some rules for radicals type stuff they were encouraging. You find anything? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, what's funny is I'm finding, um, cause I searched, get your battle rifles, Alex Jones. And there's, I, I the only thing I can find are people who were, for the suspension not actually showing the tweet i have not seen the tweet yet all right well i will move on to the next response where it says this is a lot of employee advocacy happening both here and 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 then there's a link to i am jackma uh, is that jack is that is that the guy from china jackma or is that i don't know who that is and then the final response is, I understand he was our president and that that may have been the reason why we are hesitant to do to do it. But I think come January 20th, there's, there's an absolute, absolutely no excuse why his account shouldn't be suspended for good. I have friends with 1K followers that and then the image cuts off. So that's, I, I would like to see all of it. See, there's some of these things that they've included in these images that I wanted to see more of. One in particular was they show, so you know, in the background on the backside of a website where you can do all the administrative stuff, you can change the add new pages and whatnot. So they kind of showed the, an image of what the Twitter employees had and all of the different functions they could do, but they would only show partial images of that. I want to see a full image of everything they could do, or maybe even a video of what somebody on the back end could do. All I don't right, know I, why they wouldn't show that. I found the Alex Jones video. Do you want to? look at that at all the video of why he was uh, suspended yeah why he was suspended was it yeah if you got it what is it yeah uh let's see, hear me pull it up oh, does it say why on the title here it now stands with you and the u.s military who i know already understand who the chai operatives and the traders are to understand who's trying to take the First Amendment, who's trying to bankrupt the country, who's trying to shut down everything, who wanted, admitted they wanted to bankrupt healthcare in America to bring us to our knees. We're under attack, and you know that. You pointed out mainstream media is the enemy. But now it's time to act on the enemy before they do a false flag. I know the Justice Department's crippled a bunch of followers and cowards, but there's there's groups, there's grand juries, there's you call for it. It's time politically and economically and 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 judiciously and legally and criminally to move against these people. It's got to be done now. Get together the people you know aren't traitors and aren't cowards and aren't hedging their freaking bets like all these other assholes do, and let's go. Let's do it because they're coming. Now, in your wisdom, you may be playing possum and waiting for them to come in, but America needs to know that they've got their little pathetic commie red teams ready, and they've got their targets picked out, the sheriffs, the judges, the police chiefs, the patriots, the veterans, the talk show host, everybody. And everybody's going to be amazed when they come, when those cowards come. And it's going to hit in the middle of the night, and they're coming. 
and they're coming and they're coming. They think they can really take down America and this is it. So people need to have their battle rifles and everything ready at their bedsides. And you got to be ready. Okay, so so yeah. they, they banned him for something that he said off of Twitter. They didn't ban him for yeah, something they said on Twitter. Uh, so uh, allegedly on this, uh, it was on Periscope. So it was also streamed on a Twitter subsidiary, uh, the video, live video oh, from Twitter. Okay, so that, um, that's the reason. Which, this isn't even incitement to violence. He's literally saying people get ready to defend yourselves and your family with your gun next to right. your bed. Yeah, and a lot of what he said, when it them coming for people is they did. They they suspended a lot of people, so he was accurate in in, in that sense. If you're talking about suspension wise, all right. Number number ten. Did we do number nine or number ten? Just then we just did number nine. All right. Number number ten. Quote: We have to do the right thing and ban this account. Said one staffer. It's pretty obvious he's going to try to thread the needle of incitement without violating the rules. Another said. This is a this has been a theme throughout these these Twitter files. Is these people who work there all admitting that the things that they're banning, shadow banning or outright blocking, aren't actually violating the rules. They're indirectly violating them. And so they determine on their own that it was either a dog whistle or it was just some other reason why they can ban somebody for not actually violating the rules. Like the libs of TikTok one especially was, was one where that was apparently clear. And this is the image, the internal Slack messaging with all the names blocked out related to that post. The last sentence, we have, we have to do the right thing and ban this account, which they said that three times. This person said that exact same thing three times. And then the response was, we don't have a good track record of acting on his account, except in the clearest and most explicit of cases. And even then, the next response is, in my opinion, extraordinary circumstances demand extraordinary leadership. So leadership within Twitter to ban the speech of a, a president. And the response to that is, it took three years, but I've lost faith. And then actual votes, Donald Trump Republican Party, 46.9% of the people. What does that mean? And then the response to that was, second this, it's pretty obvious he's going to try and thread the needle of incitement. These people are just looking for reasons, these former employees, to to ban. They, they They hated Trump. Now, to me, this is an illustration of people who have been caught up in the propaganda. So you don't want to, the propagandist, the idea is you want to have as few people in on the con as possible, but you want to convince a huge number of people that what you're doing in the con is right, so that they are faithfully acting in your service. And it seems like these are people who are true believers to me, as opposed to people who are like giddily in on manipulating people. What do you think? I was just going to say, take a look at the first post, which you said they said it three times. And I want you to realize that person repeated himself three times because this, like every other activist chant that you hear on every college campus, is how they're programmed. This is a chant and it is activism. It is not a response to a real threat. FYI. Oh no, that's total activism. That's a great point. Absolutely. Rule of three. And they use it in activism. Number 11. Yeah. This, all these people are activists. It's so clear. Talk about organizing everything. 
In the early afternoon of January 8th, the Washington Post published an open letter signed by over 300 Twitter employees to CEO Jack Dorsey demanding Trump's ban. We demand his head. And then, quote, we must examine Twitter's complicity in what President-elect Biden has rightly termed insurrection. How can you say he's rightly termed it an insurrection? Insurrection. This is a legal term. They're trying to apply. There's no... There's no evidence. There's never been any evidence presented of insurrection. They just use this. That's propaganda when that happens. And you have these idiots here saying what he's rightfully. Who are they to say what's rightfully been termed insurrection, a legal term, when there's been no legal proceeding ever presented for the case of insurrection against Trump? I mean, this is such a con. It makes me so angry. <laughs> it makes me angry when, like, the whole January 6th committee. So... If the January 6th hearings were an actual legal proceeding, then here's how it would go. Okay, the uh, um, the uh, right the dismiss the I can't remember what the dismiss the initial one, but the when they when you file something that has no bounds, then oh. you file this. Uh, you want to get the case submitted. It would instantly be sub- dis- Okay, case is gone. Over. Case dismissed. Gone. Yeah, get out of the court. I don't know why I kept saying submitted. I'm thinking about Sam Bankman-Fried and all the submission uh, polyamorous stuff in prison he's going to be doing. And I just got confused. But yes, case dismissed. And that's how it would end in five seconds. In fact, a countersuit against the people who brought the suit for frivolous charges would probably be allowed. And these people throw these legal terms around and they mean nothing. The... the the guy, the, the Department of Justice guy said, and I played the clip, nothing the January 6th committee brought is we can use as evidence. Nothing. <laughs> I, I mean, that's what he said. And people think it's like a legal thing. It's not. It, it's all a charade. All right, number 12. But the Twitter staff assigned to evaluate tweets quickly concluded that Trump had not violated Twitter's policies. I think we'd have a hard time saying this is incitement, wrote one staffer. Now, now let's see. I wonder how they're going to railroad this person who said the accurate thing. Number 13, it's pretty clear he's saying the American patriots are the ones who voted for him and not the terrorists. We can call them that, right? Question mark. <laughs> so they started calling them terrorists. That's great. Of course they did. Number 14, another staffer agreed. Don't see the incitement angle here. All right. It's good to see there's at least some people that weren't out of their minds. And there was an image attached to this one. And the image says, I see blacked out name has pinged us to ask about incitement for Donald J. Trump tweet and want to see if we can align. So looking for a reason. The response, I don't see the incitement of fear. What PC could, could, it, could it be trying to incite fear about? What PC? What is that? Do you, do you know what that is? Could it be? What PC? I'm not sure. Know. And then, uh, then they say, oh, they said that three times again. I don't know if that was an accident, but they also said it three times. The response to that was, I think we'd have a hard huh. time saying this is incitement. It's pretty, it's pretty clear. He's saying the American patriots are the ones who voted for him and not the terrorists. We can call them that, right? For, okay, that's from the what she said earlier. Don't see the incitement angle. And moving up to number 15, I'm also not seeing clear coded incitement in the Donald J. Trump tweet, wrote Annika Navarroli, another name I can't pronounce, a Twitter policy official. She then said, I'll respond in the elections channel 
and say that our team has assessed and found no virus violations for the Donald J. Trump tweet. And then there is uh, an, a, an attached image of that conversation as well. One of them that flags Noel, everybody's favorite new former Twitter employee. Number 16, why does, why does just that, as an FYI, safety has assessed the Donald J. Trump tweet above and determined that there is no violation of our policies at, at, at this time? Or she does, she does just that. And there's an image that supports that. And number 17, later, Navaroli would testify to the House January 6th committee, quote, for months I'd been begging and anticipating and attempting to raise the reality that if nothing, if we made no intervention into what I saw occurring, people were going to die. (laughs) Very dramatic. All right. Number 18. Next, Twitter's safety team decides that Trump's 7.44 a.m. Eastern Time tweet is also not in violation. They are unequivocal. Quote, it's clear no violation. It's just to say he's not attending the inauguration. And there's an attached image that says, just dropping in to say he tweeted again, but it's clearly not a violation, as they said. And then a response says, people might be saying that this is proof that he doesn't support a peaceful transition. Yeah, people might be saying that because it's being propagated, it's being put into people's heads that he doesn't support that. Number 19. Here's what we'll do. We'll go to number 22 for the drive time news blast, and then for the XR, the subscriber-only portion, we'll do the rest. And if you want to get access to the subscriber-only portion, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there you will get the drive time news blast this show with the ads removed i take the ads out for subscribers and i put it together with the xr the subscriber only portion into a private rss feed that you get that you can put into just about any podcast app so check that out you can also check out the website propagandafight.com we will continue on to number 19 to understand twitter's decision to ban to ban Trump, we must consider how Twitter deals with other heads of states and political leaders, including Iran, Nigeria, and Ethiopia. Interesting. Number 20. In June 2018, Iran's Ayatollah tweeted, Israel is a malignant cancerous tumor in the West Asian region that has been removed and eradicated. Is it possible? It, it is possible and it will happen. Twitter neither deleted the tweet nor banned the Ayatollah. And then, okay, they, they attached the tweet there. And hashtag great return march. Number 21. In October 2020, the former Malaysian prime minister said it was a right for Muslims to kill millions of French people. Twitter deleted his tweet for glorifying violence, but he remains on the platform. <laughs> the tweet below was taken from the Wayback Machine. They show an image of the tweet. Number 22. Mohamedou Buhari, the president of Nigeria, incited violence against pro-BIAFRA groups. Biafra? Biafra. Yeah, I think that's right. Those of us in the fields for 30 months who went through the war, he wrote, will treat them in the language they understand. Twitter deleted the tweet, but did not ban... Buhari. And finally, before we go to the XR, in October 2021, 
Twitter allowed the Ethiopian prime minister to call on citizens to take up arms against the Tigray region. Twitter allowed the tweet to remain up and did not ban the prime minister, and they showed the tweet, which is in another language. So, Cam, at that breaking point, we're at the halfway point here. What, what are your thoughts? What are your, what's your reactions? Well, I mean, it's just wild to look through this and see how much they're grasping at straws to try to get what they want. Like it's, I mean, it's it would be one thing if there was some sort of like complete like they they speak in these giant generaliz- generalizations. Like everyone agrees this is an insurrection. Everyone agrees he incited violence, but even their own lefty people are going, I don't see it. I don't understand it. How are we going to do this? How can this be counted? Like it's, it's, it's wild to see because you, because of that small reaction, that small bit of pushback from people with half a brain, these people are like, Oh, well, we'll find it. We'll find a way. Oh, he's just stringing the, what was it? He's uh stringing the needle. Is that what she said? Threading the needle. Threading, threading the needle. So like, like Peyton Manning or something. Yeah, he's 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 not breaking the rules, but he's 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 using co- like it's wild. It's a such the coded a, language a aspect of it too is what it, it gets it, in dicey territory because there's a lot even in one of the internal Slack messages and one of the previous releases they talk about how he's using this or that coded language, and do people use coded language? A- absolutely, they do. But the way that coded coded language has been weaponized by the media where they've just said that anything that Trump says or somebody who they disagree with says, if they don't like it, it's coded language to mean racism or, or whatever. And the, the perfect one, which I think started off as a joke on 8chan, was the, the three-pointer sign yeah. where you put your thumb and your index finger together, the AOK sign, and all of a sudden that's a racist dog whistle, yep. which every referee in the NBA does when uh, a player hits a three-pointer. It's just so weak, though. Like that's 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 the thing is it. They got the barest amount of pushback and didn't weren't stoic enough to actually state it. Like it, it like there were such bad excuses all along the way. Like it's it, these, right. these are not impressive people no, that are controlling us. But the media and em, emboldened them to do that kind of stuff. So when you can call something a dog whistle. And then you can call something else a dog whistle, and then something else a dog whistle, and you don't get pushback from your, your bosses or from the media, in fact, you, it's supported, then you can literally call anything a dog whistle that somebody you don't like does. It, it just, it, it's weaponized dog uh, uh, calling something a dog whistle anyway it, when there's no scrutiny to just flippantly saying that everything is like that. And, and they, I think they probably realize that either consciously or unconsciously, hey, I can just say that this is a racist dog whistle and everybody will support me because they hate him. Yeah. So, a couple comments here. We have Sir Tim of Tunnels says that, he says, Navaroli, holy cannoli. Uh, my thoughts exactly, Sir Tim. <laughs> Anyone know if ISIS has a Twitter account? I don't know. I w- it wouldn't surprise me if they did. I know a lot of these, these groups had Twitter accounts. I know that ISIS used to uh, use Twitter for sure back in the day. I don't know if they got him out of there or not. Uh, then Sir Tim says that, it's like they're shooting arrows and then painting targets around. That, that's an excellent point. It, it's, it's, it's exactly like they're doing that. It's like, yeah, it's not an investigation. It's it, scrambling. That's that's right. what I, that's what it's it's weak. It's so yeah. weak. It, it's 
It's saying we have somebody who's guilty of something. Now we're going to investigate to find out what it is. And they're going to keep doing that until they can rope something into to at least in their mind, say that they found it and they can now convict them of what they had already decided they were going to convict that person of uh, on their social media platform anyway. David says that, to say to say the least, Twitter has become entertainingly painful. It has. It is, it's definitely become entertaining. That's what Elon Musk is doing a great job of getting eyeballs and engagement up, and that's why advertisers are going to love it. As long, so when the Twitter files end... When, when the, everything dies down around it, there'll be something else. Like, he's gotten good at kind of gamifying it. And I think something that I, I did mention, I forgot to mention earlier in my lessons from the Twitter files, was that I, no, no reporting of this is really being done by anybody other than Fox News and alternative media. So the, the CNNs, the MSNBCs, they're paying no attention to it uh, other than, I think I saw News, News Nation, which is kind of a new platform. It's uh, Chris Cuomo's working there now. And they've actually covered a little bit of that Idaho murders that I mentioned earlier. They had somebody on who was saying that it's just all propaganda being released. And, and every, in a sense, everything is propaganda right now. It is when you don't have the full context of something and you don't have full transparency, as there's never going to be full transparency. But it was a way to dismiss it. And I, like, I had a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in years and I saw him a few weeks back and he is, he's a liberal. Uh, he's a great guy, but a liberal and he thinks I'm crazy. And I asked him, well, about Jeffrey Tubin, and he, he had no, he had never heard the Jeffrey Tubin story. Never heard it. Not, not, he didn't know anything about it. And I think that the same thing is going on here. I bet like if we asked progressive friends of ours, liberal friends of ours, they would probably know, unless they're on Twitter, like unless they're the people on Twitter who keeps, keeps saying that they're going to leave Twitter, like the Incredible Hulk, what's his name, who's, who literally told people that they can find him on Tumblr. On Tumblr. <laughs> on Tumblr. <laughs> if you, it's like, that's where child porn goes, right? Tumblr, I think. It's like one of the worst social media platforms. He's like, you can find me on Tumblr. Okay. So I, I think that most of them have never heard it. And that's what sucks. So it's good to have this out there and to have nowhere you can go to tell people about it. But I don't think anybody on the left is really hearing it. I think it's doing more just validating people on the right and making Twitter more, uh, not on the right, in the center and on the right, I think. Which I, it's a good thing that is happening, but also I don't all the way trust it. And yeah. I think that I'll wrap up the DMB on that and we'll continue the list in the XR. So thank you guys for listening. And, uh, yeah, painfotainment, says Sir Tim of Tunnels, and that's a great way to describe it. We will talk to you guys next time, propagandafight.com, patreon.com, slash report. Have a fantastic rest of your day.